Hello and welcome to another episode of This Week in Goldmaking, presented by Darkshore Capital. My name is Andrew, and today is the 31st of May, 2021. First off, we're going to do the weekly stand-up. This is that annoying little thing that we got to do every week, where we talk about what we've been doing, reflect on our mistakes and our triumphs, talk about what we're going to do in the next week, and then maybe do a little bit of reflection on what could be getting in the way. First things first... Uh, despite the lack of a hedge fund video this week, I have continued to do BOE flipping, as well as Legendary Matte Collection. Not as much as normal, but it is still happening. We're calling Legendary Matte Collection LMC. We're going to try to get into acronyms a little bit, see how that goes. Let me know how you think about it. Also, the Burning Crusade. The pre-patch has taken a majority of my focus in World of Warcraft at the moment. I have to admit to you guys, classic has a lot of great gold-making potential. It's very interesting. It's fresh. It's new. It's old. It's new. It's great. I love it. There'll be more coming in the future. Over the next week, obviously, there's something big coming up when it comes to Classic. We'll be doing that. We're going to do what I'm going to call TBC Freestyle, where we try to make as much gold as possible while playing the game. That's kind of my style. More on that later. BOA flipping will continue. I will be keeping up with uh, the BOA flipping in retail, despite my absolute terror at the prices crashing down on uh, BOEs for, for retail at the moment. There's a lot of reasons to be scared, but also many reasons historically to not be scared. So again, I've talked about this a few times before. I'm going to stick with, I'm going to go against my gut and stick with the evidence and just keep with it, keep at it and uh, keep trying to do it even though it's uh, just feels like it's all going to come crashing down. Uh, also, LMC, Legendary Matt Collection. Always going to need more of those because Lord knows, if you've done any Legendary Crafting at all, this expansion is a lot. The biggest thing getting in my way at the moment is time. I wish I had more time to play both the Burning Crusade and Retail WoW. There's just so much to do in both. All right, let's get into the market update. Here's a smattering of things that we're going to look at briefly. First off, uh, TBC Classic, that's been my main focus, so let's talk about Runecloth. Last week, we talked about how Runecloth, in my mind, was sort of the iconic material in uh, Classic World of Warcraft. We're going to stick with that because I can't come up with a better one for the moment, and as you may notice, uh, the price of Runecloth seems to be going down. Um, obviously, the min buyout and market value are going to be on the server that I'm playing on, but the region value, as you may notice, has gone from 17 silver to 14 silver, 94 copper. So that's, that's down a whole silver across all the classic realms. That should indicate to everyone that, hey, there's probably more people out doing stuff, which really is in line with what's happening. There's been a lot of revitalization with the classic servers uh, in preparation for the classic TBC prepatch, or for the prepatch in preparation for TBC classic. So yeah, no surprises there. We're going to keep an eye on it, of course. Um, looks like the sell rate's up a little bit, too. That's kind of interesting as well. Might do a little bit more of this uh, going forward, just kind of keeping track of individual items um, as they are pertinent to Classic. Because what I found, we'll talk about this more, I'm sure, in the coming weeks and months, but individual things in Classic just matter so much more, is what I found. Like... I've been doing, I've just been selling things mostly. Not a whole lot of actual auction house playing just yet. I'm still kind of getting getting my feet in in classic, but just just selling things and, and like 
really under like being able to understand a market. I feel like you, there's so much more potential for that in TBC Classic. I don't know. I'm still forming some ideas. There'll be more on this going forward. Uh, token prices down in the bottom left-hand corner. US 157,000 gold for the token price. That's definitely up since last week. Not a ton, but it is up. Um, yeah, obviously we'll keep an eye on it, but uh, I'm still not too impressed. I was kind of expecting a lot more price movement after all of the hype that uh, everyone was talking up. But we'll see. EU is currently at 230,000 gold. I think that's actually down a little bit from last week. Uh, we've got the summary of ATVI. That's, of course, Activision Blizzard stock price. Uh, it's been kind of on a little little steady increase since we've uh, revitalized this week in gold making. Um, if you do, if you're listening, uh, you can of course see the slides later and uh, find this little graph in case you're curious about the price movement over the past week. Uh, the last trade price was $97.25. And then lastly, I do have a screen cap here of the Shadowlands Ore uh, list from the Undermine Journal. Uh, looks like somebody's doing something silly with Twilight Bark on my server since the current price is currently 500 gold. That's clearly not correct. But yeah, Alethium down to 48 gold, uh, 52 mean. That's, you know, to be expected. Look, there seems to be kind of a bit of a shakeup in kind of retail gathering materials prices. If I'm not mistaken, there was a decent amount of banning or removal of accounts that were using, let's call them unscrupulous methods to acquire vast amounts of resources. We've talked about this a little bit in the past, but um, yeah, wouldn't be surprised to see a increase in price of Shadowlands materials uh, due to combination of you know, reducing the amount of accounts gathering this, these materials in a uh, unfair way and of course the burning crusade being released and uh simply just fewer people playing the game at the moment myself included but yeah there's the prices on tichondrius in case you're curious um yeah i'm still trying to trying to buy up as many of these as possible when they're cheap to you know buttress the legendary crafting which i'm still standing behind as a huge money maker in 9.1 get on to the news so obviously uh i'm recording this hours i think before the dark portal becomes active so to speak in the burning crusade classic and we all rush through and uh fight for all the mobs in hellfire peninsula so yeah that's coming um i've really been enjoying classic again it's i think blizzard really has done a really great job with classic very happy with it uh, there's been a lot of revitalization among uh, the people who I enjoy playing World of Warcraft with, and overall, very happy with it. Looking forward to some fun playing the game, playing the markets, uh, revisiting the old auction house, uh, stacking items in pretty stacks. Mm. Lots of gold to be made with pretty stacks. We'll definitely be talking about that in episodes to come. Uh, as for 9.1... So uh, I will admit to you guys, I saw that informa information regarding legendary crafting has come out. I have not looked into it yet. I'm going to trust that it's pretty straightforward. Um, there's something to do with like different ranks and like an, sort of like an adjustment system. I, I don't know. We'll, we'll talk more about that next week. Now's not the week for that. 
we'll, we're going to wait for more information, figure it all out, and we'll uh, we'll just go over it at a high level, the stuff we really need to know. The, did, the thing I did want to point out, though, is the sort of Blizzard integrated Raider I.O. scheme is going to be what determines the previous Keystone Master achievements going forward. Now, this is relevant for a couple of reasons. Now, A of all, uh, the rewards from the Keystone Master achievement, or whatever it's going to be called now, after the, the points get implemented, they're very cool. Um, you may want to be getting them yourselves. I think I might have said this a few times in the past, but the mount for Shadowlands Keystone Master Season 1 has been the first mount that I have been legitimately excited about in this game since probably like the Raptor mount from ZG in original vanilla. And that's not a joke. Uh, you know, I take it back. The Dragons from the Wrath of the Lich King Ice Crown Citadel meta achievements. That was probably the last one. But still, either way, that's like 10 years ago. So very cool mount is the point. <sighs> yeah, the mounts, the, the rewards from these Keystone Master achievements in Mythic Plus are, they're really stepping up their game. It, it seems like there's kind of just going to be some reskins for the second season, but <sighs> say lovey. It's still a very cool achievement and it's definitely something I'll be looking to do in 9.1. Now, as far as boosting goes, the requirements for this are going to change. So there, there's kind of a clickbaity headline uh, on Wowhead that says you're going to be required to, or the implication at least, is that you're going to be required to time every dungeon at plus 15 on both Tyrannical and Fortified. That's not quite the truth. Basically, what the headline is trying, or what, what the headline should be, is that you will not be able to get the Keystone Master achievement timing 15s on only fortified or only tyrannical it seems that blizzard is going to split up the points rewarded across the two sort of major affixes so if you at the bottom line the bottom line of this is if you want to get the keystone master achievement you're going to have to time 15s in both fortified and tyrannical not only just one i'm sure there's some some math out there that proves that you can do it all with one or the other but whatever like for, the, for most of us, for practical purposes, you're just going to have to time a lot of keys. And it's not going to be only 15s of Fortified or only 15s of Tyrannical. Last bit of news. Uh, the Great Push Mythic Dungeon Invitational Tournament occurred last weekend. Uh, it seems like it was a great success. I did not have the pleasure of viewing it myself, but having uh, browsed the, the banter going back and forth on Twitter, seems like everyone really enjoyed it. And I think that we're going to be seeing more of this type of event in the future. What does this have to do with gold making? Um, it does actually have a tangential relationship. So usually things that people do in the game of World of Warcraft, they do or they, they are heavily influenced by whatever is happening in esports. And this is pretty much true across all kind of video games these days. So if the meta in the race to world first is to use like only shaman healers you're probably going to wind up seeing more shaman healers and raids same thing goes for for any end game content right, right whatever whatever is good in arenas in at the awc is probably going to be what people are going to play in arenas on live for the majority obviously it's a statistical game so it's not going to be like you know black and white everyone's going to be playing this and not this but like it, it does have a statistical significance being aware of these things can help you as a gold maker because let's say, for example, you're flipping BOEs and 
there is zero representation of the male armor type in any of the Mythic Plus or World First Race stuff. Well, that's probably going to mean that, like, in addition to male BOE gear already being kind of, like, less valuable because there's only two male armor types, like, that's just one more reason to not, like, want to really look into them too much because nobody's playing them because it's not popular. So staying apprised to what's popular in World of Warcraft is still relevant to gold making because it can give you those little bits of edges that will help you eke out a little bit more gold in your gold making. All right. Let's get into the main thing that I want to talk about today. This is relevant because uh, we have a new expansion effectively coming out tomorrow. Or by the time you're watching this, it's probably live. So we're talking about EMTO, Exponential Material Trail-Off. This is a phenomenon that World of Warcraft experiences where materials, raw materials, ores, herbs, cloth, etc. are very highly valued at the very beginning of an expansion and exponentially tail off as the expansion uh, proceeds through time. This is pretty pretty straightforward. It's not really rocket science, right? Like there's a, a much smaller supply at the beginning of an, of an expansion because, well, when the servers go live, literally no one has any of the new materials because nobody's played the game yet. As more and more people play the game, as more and more people to go out there and gather the materials, more and more become available, the price goes down. So... The thing to remember is that in general, World of Warcraft materials over the course of the expansion they are relevant for will like never realistically increase in price over time. They're always going to decrease. So buying up a bunch of fell slate in the first few weeks of the Legion expansion and expecting to make any money off of that whatsoever is just foolish. It's completely foolish. That said, it's my opinion that if you're going for long-term kind of longevity in a particular expansion, the general strategy should be to sell just about everything you possibly get in the beginning because it's going to be the highest value that it's going to be for the entire expansion. Unless, of course, you have a particular strategy, right? So if you're like if you're like Hickons and you have a freaking lockdown on dark boon trinkets at the beginning of an expansion and you know what you're doing and you're going to craft like you're going to spend all day for the first week just crafting stuff. Like, yeah, okay. Go buy up all your stuff. Don't sell anything. Use it all to make Dark Moon Trinkets because you know what you're doing. But if, you, if you're if you just like a, a beginning gold maker starting to play DBC and you just want to like gather enough money to buy your 5,000 gold epic flying mount, sell all your nether weave. Sell all the... Um, Fell slate, or not fell slate, fell iron ore that you gather because you have a mining off the bat. Because that's going to be, at the first few weeks, that's going to be where it's going to be the most expensive, the entire expansion. You're going to make tons of money. If you can just go out, spend a week grinding ores in a place where, like, say you find some place off in Shadow Moon Valley that no one's, like, there, you're going to make tons of money. <sighs> Let's go through a few examples before I talk myself into a tizzy. So Felsley, this is, the Undermine Journal graphs are actually kind of funny. So this is the region regional daily summary for Felslate ore over the first couple years of it existing since Legion. So Legion in, uh, released uh, September 2016-ish. And as you can see, the, the, the numbers are literally going off the graph for whatever reason. I'm, I'm, we're not going to talk about that. But like you can clearly see the price 
of the material was way higher for the first few months of the expansion than it was for the rest. Tide Spray Linen, which is a ridiculously cheap item. It's like less than a gold these days. But at the beginning of the expansion, completely off the charts. First few months, it's not even there. Like, it's over eight gold. Whatever. That's crazy. Alethia Moore, beginning of Shadowlands. I remember selling Alethia Moore for like hundreds of gold on the server that I was on because I, I was playing a character that had mining. And we made, myself and my other friends who were playing, who also had mining, we made tons of gold just selling the Alethia Moore that we picked up in the mod, doing our stupid mod dailies. And now, uh, it's down to, so it started, um, the, the price quoted here, 253. It's down to like 50-ish on Tychondrius. I don't think we need to uh, <laughs> show any more examples here. I think this is a pretty well understood thing. So all I'm trying to say with this, with the advent of the Burning Crusade coming out, if you're a casual gold maker, if you don't have a specific plan for how you're going to level professions and make a ton of gold in the first few weeks and months, just sell your stuff. Just put it up on the auction. Make sure somebody's not trying to like bait you with low-priced stuff, obviously, because there's a lot of shenanigans that can go on with that on classic auction houses. Be smart about it, obviously. Sell your stuff. It's going to make you a ton of gold. You're going to be happy you did it. And if you want to level your professions a couple months into the expansion, yeah, it'll be way cheaper than to do it. So just be smart. Think about supply and demand. You'll thank me later. All right. Let's move on to the bullish and bearish slide. So I did make a few changes here. Uh, first thing, biggest thing, uh, is probably going to be the boosting. So this is for gold only. We do not deal in RMT on this podcast. It is not cool. Don't do that. So boosting uh, Mythic Plus and Torghast is kind of the the two things that I'm sort of like, well, and rating too. I don't do rating because I don't raid, but um, the PvE content for boosting. I feel like it's kind of going on the bearer side. Like I'm, I'm absolutely sure you could still make money doing it. However, there is waning interest in retail at the moment. It'll come back. I'm not, I'm not worried about that. But for the moment, I think that you know, unless you just really love running lowish levels of Mythic Plus um, and just blasting through them, maybe just give it a rest for now because it's probably not worth your time. Not a whole lot of people. It's probably going to be very competitive because it's like boosting is very easy money. If you have a character that is geared out and you know how to play the dungeons, boosting is one of the easiest things to do for gold. So everyone and their mother who just does Mythic Plus anyway is going to look into doing because it's easy gold. Other changes. So I moved... Um, what else did I move? I added a, a new one under the bullish category called time. The more the more time you have to make gold in World of Warcraft, the more gold you're going to make. This is pretty obvious, but like I, you know, I, I felt like it, it deserved a mention because without time, time is time is money, right? Like that's the classic goblin thing, right? The more time you have, the more money you're going to make. That kind of goes without saying. We'll talk about this more in the future, but I just wanted to get the, get it on there. Maybe maybe you can think about it, like because because time is a finite resource, right? So. Think about the time that you're using. And if your goal is really to make as much gold as possible, you want to be as efficient with your time as possible. This kind of goes back, can tie it back into the boosting thing, right? Like if boosting right now is not a good use of time, to just sit there watching the Discord for announcements like, hey, this boosting group's ready. The chances you're even going to get accepted to it are pretty low. So 
it's not a good use of time. Think about perhaps preparing for 9.1 by buying some Shadowlands legendary stuff or getting that crafted up or doing some callings on some alts or something because that's just easy gold. Um, or, you know, doing some scans for raid consumables, which are inevitably going to go up in price come 9.1 because everyone's lazy and forgot to buy consumables. Things like that. Or, you know, or the best thing of all, increasing your human resources, developing your relationships, finding groups of people who, you know, in the future when 9.1 does come out and there's a reason to boost again, maybe you have some friends who are also interested in making some easy gold by doing endgame content that you would be doing anyway. Maybe consider doing something like that. Uh, and then lastly, um, I am keeping the raid BOEs in the question mark column because, again, I'm still nervous as hell about raid BOEs and their value. Uh, I had a pretty pretty extensive discussion, actually, on the Reddit thread for last week's podcast about this. Uh, go check it out. It's got a lot of good stuff in there. But yeah, again, sticking to my guns, going to keep at it. I'm not going to stop uh, looking for raid BOEs to flip. Stick it out, and we're just going to see how it goes uh, come 9.1 and beyond. Questions. First question for this week. Is it worth getting into legendary crafting before 9.1? Yes. If you need more explanation, go watch previous episodes. Oops, got a little ahead of myself there. Next question. Is there any gold to be made in the garrison? Absolutely. There's gold to be made just about everywhere in World of Warcraft. The real question that should be asked is, what's the most efficient gold to be made? And is the garrison an efficient way to make gold? Not all gold making methods are created equal. And that is just a fact. You can, of course, go into Elwyn Forest and kill the Murlocs at the the lake next to Goldshire, and that will make you gold. However, you could also just go to the maw and kill things in the maw and they'll they'll drop way more gold so this is obviously a very extreme example but the point is um there's always going to be something that people are going to be willing to pay for out of the garrison but it's up to you to do the math as to whether or not that is worth it to you personally And that's really a personal question because if you're happy with the amount of gold that doing things in the garrison can make you if that achieves your overall goal of whatever it is you're trying to do with your gold then great. And if it, if it, and then in my opinion, almost more importantly, if it's something that you enjoy doing, like if you are just really into like running around the garrison mine and mining that, the, what is it even called? The black rock ore and the true, true iron ore or whatever that is. And picking up little mine carts at the coffee and stuff. If that's what you really enjoy, then that's a huge win because like you can do that every day on as many characters as you can get to a garrison. So yeah, the question really isn't like, can you make the gold? Like, absolutely. Just go go there and like, like see what's there and like, just think about it and look up stuff and see what's on the auction. I see what's selling. Like, what's the value of the things? Do Pull out a freaking spreadsheet and do some math. Like, there's lots of stuff. Like, Savage Blood, you can go collect things from, like, do the trapping mini game with the barn. Or you can do the resource trading thing where like the trader changes every day and you can like, you know, trade resources for garrison resources for materials and the materials for garrison resources and like exponentially well it's not not really exponential but like increase the value of things over time uh there's all the different profession mini huts that allow you access to crafted stuff from wad um so there's some transmog potential there hexweave bags uh i mean 
logically they shouldn't really sell for anything because there's better bags for way cheaper now but like apparently that's still a thing like buying hex week bags i don't i don't want to get into that uh and then there's like like i said the mine the herbals and patch just raw materials like people are still gonna buy those because they want to level up their wad stuff for whatever reason whether it's transmog or just completionism yeah and then there's mission tables right mission tables uh in wad still do reward things that give you gold uh, garrison resources can eventually be converted into gold. There's the missions for the medallions of the Legion, which sell for, you know, 5, 10k, something in those range. Or just the, the, the transmog that you could you'd literally just do the mission for, like, the epic item and then sell it for 50 gold or whatever it is. I, I mean, that's not a lot of gold, but hey, it's that's gold to be made. So there you go. There's plenty of opportunity. But is it worth it to you is the question you should be asking. All right, then last question is how to set up profitable alts come TBCC, the Burning Crusade classic. So I believe this question is being asked by somebody who may have, you know, a few extra maybe level 60s laying around without professions and they want to know, like, how do I maximize things? The thing that I recommend the most as far as alts is get them as many time-limited, restricted profession cooldowns as possible. Because for my money, and for my opinion, like that's the most effective way to utilize more character slots. In the Burning Crusade, I believe what you're going to want to look at are alchemy. So like Primal Might transmutes, I believe that's on a daily cooldown in the Burning Crusade. It might even be a four-day cooldown in the Burning Crusade. Um, what else? I, th I think alchemy is really the main one. Uh, there's always going to be used for primal mites by people in, in the Burning Crusade. So that would be my main recommendation. Um, that it's possible there's other things. Alchemy also gives you access to Arcanite, uh, which, you know, won't be as popular in the Burning Crusade, but, you know, there's always going to be some Yahoo, like myself, who wants to craft Thunder Fury for... just for crafting it. So people are going to need Arcanite for that. So yeah, there you go. Look into alchemy, look into daily cooldowns. That's the way to go if you have extra alts laying around with extra profession slots. Don't bother with gathering. Like, if you're going to play the character, like, go play him. Go, like, do some proper farming or, like, run some dungeons or I, I don't know. Whatever. Something something that's better gold per hour. You don't need a specific... Well, unless you really like farming, then you should have a farming alt. But for my money, just having an extra character that you're not going to use any any other for other reason, get a good daily cooldown crafting profession on them. And make sure to do it every day, of course, because doesn't do any good if you don't press the button Whew. all right that's gonna do it for this week i want to thank everyone for watching for listening it's uh yeah it's an exciting time the burning crusade is coming the dark portal uh just a quick update on what i'm doing i'm gonna play a mage for burning crusade apparently mages are pretty good at farming back in the classic era and yeah i've been running around just doing doing some stuff on the mage in preparation for that did the boost thing because my previous classic character was a rogue on a PvP horde server, and all my friends wanted to play Alliance on a PvE server, so whatever. Uh, politics of the whether the boost is good or not aside, uh, it's been very good for me, and I very much appreciate Blizzard for doing that, because, yeah, there was no way I was going to be able to level a character in time for the Dark Portal to open. Some of my friends are, like, not even halfway there yet, and they started a couple weeks ago. Yeah, it's pretty rough. Anyway, enough talk, enough of that. Thank you all so much for watching. Uh, please have a wonderful week. Enjoy running around Outland. Hopefully you have some great opportunities to make some gold. And until next time, happy gold making. See you next week.